As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, my name is Robert Lamb, and this is The Monster Fact, a short-form series from Stuff to Blow Your Mind focusing in on mythical creatures, ideas, and monsters in time. I'd like to turn our attention to the symbionts of the Marvel Universe at this point. Now, for those of us less familiar with the intricacies of the Marvel Universe, such as familiarity primarily through various films and the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, the basic origin story is pretty straightforward here. Spider-Man acquires a new black and white costume from space that turns out to be a kind of sentient alien ooze. It flows over him, becomes his new costume, it gives him enhanced abilities, but it also becomes clear that the alien symbiont is slowly taking over. Once successfully rejected, the alien suit finds a new host in Eddie Brock, giving birth to the villain and ultimately anti-hero, Venom. Initially introduced in the mid-1980s, the lore and legacy of the alien symbiont suit would continue to grow in Marvel Comics, eventually encompassing multiple Clintar symbionts, as they would come to be known, such as Carnage, as well as a fleshed-out origin story. They are the ancient bioweapons of a dark, stellar deity known as Null, the king in black, overthrown but not killed by his own slimy creations in ages past. Venom stands out as the prime example of a Clintar symbiont merged with a human being. While the case of Spider-Man wearing the alien suit suggests more of an exosymbiont, a layer of living ooze that acts as a kind of organic power armor, Venom is merged with host Eddie Brock, ultimately at a cellular level. It flows over him, encompassing him in a powerful artifice of pseudopods and muscles, this would be exosymbiosis, but it also surges inside him, which would be endosymbiosis. In a similar way, Venom's chaotic offspring, Carnage, manages to merge with host Cletus Cassidy's very blood. In the natural world, symbiosis is a complex topic. At times, it can be tricky to determine just where parasitism ends and some form of mutualism or commensalism begins. A parasitic relationship between two organisms can evolve into mutualism over time, for instance, with a one-sided relationship becoming something more balanced. But symbiosis on its own need not benefit both organisms to be symbiotic in nature. A 2018 Yale study by Shapiro and Turner, published in the journal Evolution, uh, explored mutualistic relationships between bacteria and viruses that were seemingly once parasitic in nature. They found that these changes could evolve in either direction in as little as 20 generations. The paper discusses parasitism and mutualism as both being on the quote-unquote symbiotic spectrum, which is perhaps a term worth keeping in mind when considering the Clintars of Marvel Comics. 
Some view the Clintars as parasites, others as symbiotic enhancements. Certainly, they can be either in the eye of the beholder, but the exact balance of the change they bring to a host can certainly adjust over time, as we see with Venom, or certainly this relationship could simply evolve over the vast expanse of time since the King in Black first brought them into the cosmos. Venom, the alien costume, and the various symbionts are the creation of multiple Marvel artists and illustrators, but the basic idea arises out of the zeitgeist of the mid-1980s and various assessments have linked the entity to various social and public health issues of the 1980s in compelling ways. From a purely scientific point of view, beyond the mere treatment of symbiosis, Venom and his fellow Clintars would also be examples of a kind of panspermic symbiosis. After all, the origin of the alien suit is somewhere in outer space, right? On one hand, even a highly adaptive symbiotic organism just might not be able to join with an extraterrestrial mode of life. The attempt could simply be ineffective or it could be catastrophic. On the other hand, if one leans fully into the fringes of panspermia hypothesis, then maybe, maybe we'd have enough in common. But again, we're drifting into the unknown and the unprovable here, especially since life on Earth is the only model of life we know. But the symbionts of Marvel are ultimately less concerned with science and more concerned with power, identity, and will. And also with lashing tendrils of ooze, of course. Tune in for additional episodes of The Monster Fact each week. As always, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.